guilty of being a cunt. Are you still guilty of that? Anyway, um... <laughs> Hello and welcome to the second bonus mini-episode of As It Occurs To Me. Though I was talking to Colin Burns the other day, who I hardly need to tell you can do the Rubik's Cube in 5.25 seconds. He calls this A. Artemis. I don't know if that's <laughs> catching on amongst the Rubik's Cube fans there. Uh, this isn't the show you kick-started, by the way. That will be out on video in 2017. This is just something we're doing for a lark in the hope we can convince some of you to come down and watch the live shows. Well, it's, uh, I mean, it's really worked so far, Rich. Thank you. Build it and they will come. Yeah, well, we've built it and they haven't, so... The next show is November the 13th. Uh, tickets at leicestersquaretheatre.com. Uh, this week's show should be interesting. On Friday, uh, two days ago, Friday night, my wife and me were having dinner. Uh, there's still some curry left over from yesterday, Rich. Thanks, darling. But remember, it got left out overnight. I don't want to risk getting food poisoning. I've got a big weekend ahead of me. I need to use this bacon up. I'll have that with a couple of eggs. <laughs> You're welcome to it, Richard. As you know, I don't eat bacon because for some ridiculous reason I think pigs are too intelligent to be eaten or something. God, I am an idiot. <laughs> yes, you are, Katie. You are an idiot. Bacon, bacon is brilliant. Any belief system that doesn't let you eat bacon is clearly insane. That's how I tell if a philosophy is worthy. If they let you eat bacon, whatever else they say, I'm in. That's it. Weren't you a vegetarian for 12 years? Sadly, I was, Katie, but it was bacon that brought me back. Uh, towards the end, I would secretly buy bacon and then have to eat the whole pack all in one go so no one discovered what a bacon-eating hypocrite I was when they saw bacon in my fridge. Anyway, uh, here's my lovely bacon. Oh, how long have you had that? I just got it on Tuesday. It's fine. Let's just pop it in the pan. You know, and there's nothing I love more than the sound of sizzling bacon. Oh, that's... Yeah, that's the sound I like there, that's it. It's, uh, good sound, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a great uh, sound. It's a nothing good like sound. bacon, is it? There's no. the sound of bacon. It, um, it smells a bit funny, don't you think? There is a bit of an odd lemony smell coming off the bacon, yeah, but mm. I, I, maybe I used lemon-infused olive oil. Uh, did, did you? No, but uh, maybe, uh, maybe the lemony smell is coming off your rotten curry. No, it isn't. It does seem to be a chemically smell coming from the pan, but... I'm going to ignore it because I love bacon and I'm, I'm going to prove to you that eating, eating bacon is always the best thing to do whilst you get food poisoning off unrefrigerated curry. Uh, anyway, uh, it turned out I was wrong. Uh, something could possibly go, go wrong because... Oh, actually, let me go back. Uh, there it is. Delicious. I will eat it. Nothing can possibly go wrong. But it turned out I was wrong. Something <laughs> possibly could go wrong. They don't edit this. It's still going to go out with me looking like an idiot. <laughs> How could my delicious bacon let me down? I woke up at 4am with a pain in my stomach. I don't want to go into details, but over the next few hours I had diarrhoea and then vomited on top of the diarrhoea and then pooed on top of the vomity diarrhoea. Oh, it seems I did go into detail, sorry. And I, I spent the day suffering from quite debilitating food poisoning. Anyway, this caused a bit of a problem, as in good A. Artema tradition, I'd been planning to write the script the day before, but I was too ill to do that. So even though I was still not better on Sunday morning, I had just two hours to write this script. I could only do one draft and hope for the best. I was going to have to Ben Elton this shit. So... <laughs> It'll either come out sound like the work of a surreal, rotten, bacon-addled genius or the longest suicide note in history. Uh, obviously, I'm still not 100% well, uh, so it's a pity I chose this week to premiere my La, la Petaman act of impressions of farting celebrities. You could do impressions of celebrities shitting themselves. Yeah, I could like, like, mmm, Betty, or, uh, <laughs> or, how's about that then, guys and girls? <laughs> Good impression. Whatever, 
Louis yeah, Theroux. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happens, this threatens to turn into a live and real time as shit occurs to me Emma Kennedy Pooh story. Uh, now I'm taking notes. Good, I'll need something to wipe my stinging ass on. Uh, but uh, talking of stinging asses, please welcome the AI Ottomati. <laughs> it's TV's Emma Kennedy, Dan Tetzel on the guitar, Christian Riley. <laughs> Hello. What has occurred to you this month? I, um, as I was explaining before we started, but you won't know that if you're listening to this, I don't know why I've done this. Anyway, uh, I've been in uh, Newbury in a play called The Wipers Times, written by Ian Hislop and Nick Newman. It's on tour, uh, so get tickets. But um, I've grown a moustache for it, uh, listeners at home, and that has led to me mainly to have conversations with Polish taxi drivers about how I could do porn. <laughs> they, they say, you could do porn. Yeah, lovely, yeah. In porn in my country, many people have porn moustache. Uh, not so many here. You, porn moustache. Excellent, good, good. You need something more than a moustache to be uh, an effective. Yeah, no, exactly. I didn't want to get into that with them. But, uh, I, um, yeah. Emma, what's occurred to you? This, uh... Uh, I, I've agreed to do something stupid. Okay. Well, two things I've agreed to I'm, I'm doing Mastermind, uh, oh. which you've done, haven't you? I have. Yeah. Did you win? Um... <laughs> Until the very end, <laughs> I was the highest scoring ever celebrity contestant on Mastermind. Wait, wait, what, in, you, in your category? For, in e- the spe- for in all celebrity, of it? I was the highest ever celebrity scoring. But you didn't win? No. Uh, for two that, minutes, I was the highest one. Oh, and okay. then someone else came in and okay. got one point but this, higher. But the other thing I've agreed to do is I am going to be sleeping in a haunted house, the most haunted house in Britain for 48 hours. Is this part of a will? No. Okay, you usually put the testimony. Yeah, so next AI Ultima, I will be yes, able to. Right. Thank you. I'll be able to report back. Good, we'll look forward to that. Are you going to be asleep for 48 hours? I've, I've got to. <laughs> that doesn't sound scary I've, at all. That I've sounds got like to stay, I've got to stay in the haunted house for 48 hours. Uh, okay. There aren't any ghosts and. Yeah, that's true. It's just right. a house. <laughs> 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 it's not real, so it'll be fine. Wow. Be interesting to see what happens. Only happened to you, Christian, this uh, month? Uh, yeah, I went out to see uh, my favourite singer-songwriter, Bob Mould, on Tuesday oh, yeah. uh, with Andy McCage. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah is he here? Yeah, there we go. Hey, Andy, you yeah. can't start fraternising with people in yeah. the audience. Uh, They've crossed the barrier there. That is, this, is a, this is the fourth wall. We have to keep away from them. Especially Andy McCage. Huh? <laughs> Actually, could we have a fourth wall? <laughs> uh, help. Uh, and what a month it's been for news. In fact, uh, each day something would happen that I'd think, hey, that's going to be great for Air Ottoma. But then the next day something else would happen that would effectively wipe it from the record. I mean, do you remember when that UKIP guy had some kind of altercation, banged his head and almost died? No, you don't, because too much has happened since and it's slipped out of your head. I could have done a whole fucking show based around us all punching each other in the head so we had to go to hospital and then pretending we hadn't punched each other in the head. But if no one remembers it, I can't. I just reminded you about it a minute ago and you've already forgotten about it because you've just seen on Twitter that Donald Trump has been accused of sexually assaulting a duckling. And really, who can blame him? They're so cute and fluffy in the cloacas. And so... So your brain has had to wipe out more news to fit that news in. There's not even any point in me doing any Donald Trump jokes, because by the time we finish recording this, he'll have said or done something new that will make grabbing a woman by the pussy seem like an utterly charming way to behave. <laughs> Satire is dead. Have you seen on the internet, uh, everyone's been going on about Trumpkins? Someone's carved a pumpkin that looks like Trump. Yeah, but that's, that's not a Trumpkin, though, is it? What, can you remind us what a Trumpkin is, Emma? You get an orange-faced multimillionaire chop off the top of his head, 
then get at least five men to ejaculate into the trumpkin, then replace the removed piece of skull with a dead tribble, and then see if you can get the semen-brained idiot to run for president. <laughs> but that definition explains the sex pest behaviour, the sex pest behaviour that is being attributed to Trump. This man literally has sex on the brain. It's, it's not his fault. It's the fault of the scientists who invented the trumpkin. He can't be blamed for wanting to grab women by the genitalia, wishing he could have sex with his own daughter, or suggesting he'd like to have sex with a 10-year-old in 10 years' time. He's just saying what we're all thinking. That's, that's just the way men are. It's just, it's just locker room talk, isn't it? But personally, I've never talked to anyone in a locker room, apart from to meekly ask them to move their stuff over a bit because they're in the way of my locker. Because in a locker room, men are naked and vulnerable with their ridiculous shriveled genitalia on display. So, like any normal person, I just keep my eyes down and pretend nothing is happening. But this week, I went out to the gym to see if I could get some locker room talk going. <laughs> All right, men in the gym, how's it going? Yeah, it's fine. <clears throat> yeah, I sure love going to the gym. <laughs> Gymming around. Some, some people like sitting in their chairs watching telly, but not me. I, I like... I like coming to the gym, lifting ridiculously heavy weights. Arr, arr, that's, what, that's what we say, isn't it, fellas? Blimey, I lifted a five today. That weight, no, five million. I lifted five million. Ooh, my quads are all stinging from that. Uh, do you mind moving your stuff? You're in the way of my locker. No problem, mate. No problem at all. We're all men here. Look at my swinging genitalia. If, if you like, just in the manly way. It's, we're all men in here. I mean. Who likes sex? I do. It's great, isn't it? Not with other men in the locker room, unless they want to. I'm, I'm, t I'm talking about doing the old sex with a woman. Ooh, sweet. Anyone else like that? Yeah, I prefer it if you stop talking to me. He likes it, this guy. He likes sex. I bet if you want to have sex with a lady, you just go up to her and grab her by the genitalia, don't I? You let her know you fancy her a bit by going in, grabbing her old pussy there. Grab it. Hold on to it. That's what they enjoy. I hear. That's what I've heard of you heard. That's no, what they like, that's no, why. I, I don't want to talk to you, mate. Uh, but it's kind of hard to grab a pussy because it's mainly internal, but <laughs> I think you could do it, couldn't you? I know it sounds like the kind of thing a person who'd only touch male genitalia would say, but I like pussies. Who's with me? That's what I like. Sharp, pal. Anyone fancy their own daughter? Oh. I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> come on, there's a taboo about it, isn't there? But I think that's just a government conspiracy to discredit me and make me look odd. Uh, in a, in a way, it would be strange if you weren't just a little bit sexually attracted to your own children, don't you think? I mean, I think about it, you know, they're made out of you and someone you think is sexy, so I mean, what, what could be sexier right, than mate, that? Mate, I am warning you, you better sharp right now. No, not just your own children, though. I, I saw a ten-year-old the other day. I, <laughs> obviously, I'm not a pervert. I wouldn't want to have sex with her now, but in ten years' time, when she's twenty and I am sixty... <laughs> and actually, I'm going to put that in my phone calendar right now, just to remember, <laughs> grab that... Pussy, well, that's pussy. it. You've said enough, mate. You've said it's enough. It's just locker room talk, guys. I didn't mean it. And it, even if I did mean it, when you have ISIS chopping off heads and drowning people in steel cages and wars and horrible, horrible sights all over and you have so many bad things happening, this is like medieval times. Well, because ISIS are doing something worse, it's okay for you to be a sex pest. Let's just kill this fucker. I was joking. It was a joke. I was being sarcastic. This locker room is fixed. They're, they're, they're trying to discredit me. It's not... <laughs> ah, no, stop. Oh, ow, ah, ow. Ah. That's so. genuinely what uh, Donald Trump said there, that thing that got no reaction about ISIS. That was, his, that was his argument about why it was all right for him to talk about grabbing people's pussies. But, um, 
we can't really mock America too much, as the UK seems to be using democracy to punch itself in the face as well. I was, I was as delighted as Theresa May to see that Jeremy Corbyn has been elected Labour leader, because I reckon there's a lot more mileage in comedy from him than having someone who might have the slightest hope of winning an election, general election. But it's, it's much more important to stick to your principles than to actually get into government. That, that way no one can ever find out if your principles would have worked, and moral superiority is the most important quality to possess in 21st century Britain. It's, it's why I'm secretly glad that Brexit won, even though I was Remain, because now the pressure's off, isn't it? That's, that's fine. The, the first signs of damage that will be caused by Brexit were shown when an unpopular spread was briefly unavailable on the shelves of a specific supermarket. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that's going to happen all the time now once we've left the EU. Don't say we didn't warn you. Uh, of course, Brexit is very much like Marmite, isn't it? Because uh, <laughs> you either hate it or you're a fucking idiot. Uh, that's, um, <laughs> I, I'm getting onto lots of arguments on Twitter uh, with uh, Brexit. People kind of find me every time I make these comments on Twitter. They all kind of say the essentially the same stupid things. You lost. Get over it. It's called democracy. We've asked the question. We've got an answer. You can't ask the question again. It's interesting, that, because I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a Brexit voter who doesn't feel the exact opposite about Ched Evans. But... Uh, <laughs> it's not how democracy works, either. You don't lose a vote and then have to change your point of view. You'd be the same if you'd won. But I don't think I would. If Remain had won 52 to 48, as Boris Johnson had been banking on, then... Uh, We'd have been insane not to take into account the views of the 48% of people and, and just tell them to get over their grievances. We'd have had to come to some kind of compromise. But so many of the Brexiteers' arguments are terrible. I got this tweet this week. I think genuinely serious tweets. My team lost 2-1 last week. They got the points, but we scored one. So shouldn't that mean I decide what happens in the league? It kind of has to be the worst analogy I've ever heard. Because after a game of football, no one ever says... You lost, get over it, we worked out who's best. These, team, these two teams need never play each other again. In fact, football fans have been asking the same basic question over and over again since 1888, two times a year, and no one has decided it's been ultimately settled. Also, the fans of a losing team don't say, Well done, you won. I'm going to stop supporting my team now and support yours. <laughs> And if the team that won goes on to have a disastrous run where they lose all their games and get relegated, their fans don't tell the other fans... Well, this is your fault for complaining and being negative when we beat you and not giving us your support. Also, if you win 2-1, you've won by 66% to 33%. If Brexit had done that, I'd be saying, yeah, fair enough, looks like enough people want that for me to have to reluctantly acquiesce. It wasn't anywhere near. I think the football Brexit analogy might actually be the worst analogy that has ever been made, in that it pretty much proves the opposite of what that guy proposing it was trying to sarcastically say. Anyway, in September, CJ off of Eggheads was quizzed over the murder of a man <laughs> in Amsterdam Canal in 1988. How did they find him? Ah, oh, yes, he wrote in 2015 in his autobiography that he'd punched a mugger and thrown him in the canal. The flamboyant lying egghead wrote... He caught me on the wrong day and I just snapped. I fully suspect I killed him. I've no idea what happened to him. It was all in the papers in 2015, so it was a bit of a surprise that it took the police a year to question him about this admitted crime. Although I imagine the police greeted the news like this. Sarge, Sarge, we got a celebrity admitting to a potential murder in the paper. Yeah, post you, True, we have to be right on top of this. Who is it? CJ Demui. <laughs> the bloke from Eggheads? Oh, no. No, not only Eggheads. He also played Flesh Creep in Jack and the Beanstalk in Northampton in 2013. Flesh Creep? Hiding in plain sight. Oh, come on. 
It's CJ from Eggheads. Harmless show off CJ from Eggheads. He's just making it up to get attention. Real criminals don't write about their crimes in their books. Apart from Jimmy Savile. Oh, you have to keep going back to Jimmy Savile, don't you? Always with the Jimmy Savile. What real-life criminals do, if they've got away with a crime, is say nothing and sit in a room, chuckling evilly, and rub their hands together like this. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 Well, sometimes they write chilling anonymous letters. Yes, but never chilling unanonymous autobiographies, no. We do not need to worry about CJ from Eggheads, he's fine. If we want to catch some criminals, then let's just arrest everyone who applies to be a contestant on Eggheads for paedophilia. Sure, a couple of innocent people will have their lives ruined, but that's a small price to pay for ending paedophilia. <laughs> that's a joke. We're only joking. I'd, I'd, say, I'd say at least 50% of the contestants on Eggheads and 70% of the Eggheads themselves have never had sex with a child. Uh, I don't... <laughs> I don't want to libel CJ from Eggheads. Easily the worst of the Eggheads. That's just a fact. Uh, but, and I know he says he might have killed someone, but I think he might not have killed someone. Is it libel to accuse someone of not committing a murder? I don't know. Let him sue. It'll be interesting to find out. I say CJ killed no one. It's CJ. He has a vivid imagination. It's that that keeps knocking basic general knowledge facts out of his head. But uh, I'm sure that this was an imaginary crime, and I commit imaginary crimes every day. Plus, you steal a lot of pick and mix. Yeah, I've never been, I've never been caught, though, Emma. Well, you're always going on about it. That's very different to CJ, but I, you know, if they're going to start prosecuting people from, for imaginary crimes, it's going to, the problem with this is like I, I was hungover and I'm ill from my uh, illness, and I just, the script just says that's different, but, and then I didn't fill in the rest of it. <laughs> There goes a, so now I've just got to try and improvise. A, a I, don't, I don't know when I'm coming in. <laughs> I'm just going to just gonna have to improvise because this is just literally your first draft. Uh, but uh, just imagine what would it be like uh, if people were prosecuted for imagine? I think it might be a little bit like this if they're prosecuted for imagining crimes like this. Emma, go. CJ from Eggheads, you have been found guilty of the most heinous of crimes: the pretend murder with malice aforethought of an imaginary man. Many would argue that I should imprison you for life in an imaginary prison where you can no longer be a danger to made-up non-existent persons. <laughs> of course, the terrifying thing about your crime is there is no prison that can prevent you from pretending to kill again. <laughs> I can imprison your body, CJ, from eggheads, but I cannot imprison your mind. I can only imagine the terrible murders of imaginary people that you will be imagining all at the imaginary taxpayer's expense. And having imagined those murders, I will now have to also send myself to imaginary prison with you. I imagined you doing the killing. I am just as guilty as you. It was me imagining it. Let's go there now. Look, I am eating imaginary porridge. Mm. Delicious. CJ from Eggheads there. So now it's over to Christian Riley for this week's topical song. <laughs> well, thank you very much. One, one person clapped. <laughs> we give him a round of applause. It was so so spontaneous, can, thank you. That's he can great. play a guitar so he gets a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. There we go. Sound check over. So uh, I wanted to do, you know, the Brexit crisis has deepened, so I wanted to do a song to bring the country together. Uh, I think the king of the uh, crisis song is Elton John. You know, like um, when Lady Diana died, he was there like that. He got a song out before the market went away. And um, 
He did have time to write a whole new one, you know, because he had to adapt one of his, you know, he didn't, he didn't like it that much. And um, he had to adapt one of his old ones. Don't go crashing my car. He didn't get it right first time. <laughs> Kiki D wouldn't do it. He wish you would. <laughs> I couldn't if I... And, um, Kiki, and so, you know, I've learned from him anyway. And um, so I noticed, right, so uh, the first time, David Cameron's resigned twice now, right? And the first time he resigned, I'd, he was at the podium there saying goodbye to everybody. It's on YouTube, right? As he turned, I can't remember the exact text of the speech. It was something like, well, you've gone and done it now, you pricks. And... Um, <laughs> As he moved away back into number 10, you could hear him, the mic was still on, it's on YouTube, you could hear him under his breath going, doo, doo, doo. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh, he's trying to write a song. You know, he knows the country needs a song to, to bring, bring us all together. And, um, but nobody will help him, you know, like he's banned, he's banned from liking the Smiths, you know, the Smiths have told him, no, you're not allowed to, nobody will help him. So it falls to me to write the song. Uh, so this is um, my song for David Cameron uh, about Brexit. Here we go. Oh, like all good crisis songs, it's in the style of Elton John. If I was a songwriter, and you needed a song, and you'd only gotten as far as do-do-do, <laughs> I would help you along. I'd travel to a mountaintop, and I'd get a goat. And I'd feed it on Brussels sprouts until it farted out a note. And you can tell everybody that's your fucking song. You can write the words on your ball sack and teabag a hungry swan. The song is your song. Do -do -do. And then I'd get a band together and I'd invite you to a gig. And I'd get you really drunk backstage and introduce you to a pig. <laughs> One thing would lead to another. Nature would take its course. Your sweet moans of ecstasy would be my next record. And I would tell everybody, hey, that's David Cameron. He's pleasure in a pig. If you listen closely, you can hear him come. <laughs> the song is your song. Do -do -do. <laughs> what do you think? I'd buy it. Let's get it to number one. <laughs> and then I'd take the profits and I'd build a pub. And I'd fill it full of hoodie kids and invite you down there for a hug. They'd make you sing doo -doo -doo, every night until you died. But I'd just drive off and leave you there like you did with your daughter that time. <laughs> and you can scream all you want, but no one's gonna come. Cause there's an atmosphere of hate and mistrust. I wonder where that came from. The song is your song. Doo -doo -doo. The song is your song. Hi, it's me, CJ from Eggheads. Yes. Quiz expert, actor, 
possible murderer. <laughs> Just wanted to let you know that AI Ottima. Stop shouting! I'm talking! CJ, talking! It's my favourite podcast. <laughs> Based topical stand up and sketch show. And it's great of Rich to put it out for free. But if you want to see loads of extended sketches, interviews, behind-the-scenes footage, and longer versions of some sketches, and the video episodes when they're out, plus get to see the video episodes days before everyone else, then head to www.gofasterstripe.com stroke AIomotoma and buy a per shut up. <laughs> I will punch you. And buy a... I punch Judith. That's why they sacked me. And buy a pass. All your money will be ploughed back into the series to make more content. And if you don't do it, then don't go down by the canal late at night. That's all I'm saying. I am very, very dangerous. Thank you, CJ from Eggheads, for that, that unexpected advert from him. That was nice of him. Um, I experienced an odd series of events uh, this month surrounding the comedian and actor Jason Manford. I really like Jason, he's good company, he's a great guy. He's got in trouble with the tabloids occasionally, but I say, let he was without wank, wank the first wank. Uh, I'm, um, <laughs> I've finally got an acting part on TV. Uh, I'm, I'm playing the part of a deputy headmaster in a short film for Halloween, starring Ross Noble. It's gonna be on uh, Sky On Demand from Friday. Had I not been a comedian, I would probably have been a teacher, as that's what everyone else in my family does. So it was unsettling to kind of live this out in an alternate reality. The character had a moustache. I mean, I look stupid. Uh, it's... I just thank God I didn't go down that path of being a teacher or that would have happened to me. Anyway, Jason's production company was making the film and he'd just left the set minutes before I arrived. It seemed a shame I hadn't got a chance to catch up with him, but it didn't matter because I would almost certainly see him two days later as we were both on the bill of a charity gig to raise money for the brilliant Bristol Slapstick Festival. I mean, it's probably the most deserving charity that there is. It's some people in Bristol put on some films about slapstick and stuff. I feel proud to be raising money for that, but I'm, uh, I've been keen to do it as because I'd also heard all the acts will be getting a free T-shirt, and there's a saying in showbiz... Richard Herring will work for biscuits or clothes. <laughs> Just biscuits tonight. So I was, uh, I was first on, but Jason was closing the second half and didn't arrive till later. Once I'd got my T-shirt, I was keen to get home, so we missed each other again. The next morning, Jason tweeted... I've managed to avoid Richard Herring by about an hour twice in one week. Maybe he's avoiding me. How did, we, how did we get the real Jason Manford to come in and do that, that one line? Amazing. <laughs> Later, this is newsoids, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Later that day, my wife and I had managed to score some last minute tickets to see Groundhog Day, the musical. It was very exciting. I didn't have time to change it to anything posh, so I just stayed in the free Slapstick Festival t-shirt, if you discount the petrol and time it took me to get to Bristol. But I just excitedly put on that morning because it was the new t-shirt I got, so I put it on straight away because I am a winner. <laughs> As I arrived at the theatre, someone called out my name. I thought it was probably another fan bothering me on my night off, wanting an autograph. That also happened in 2004, and it... <laughs> it literally wasted 90 seconds of my life. But it's, it's one of those things we celebs have to just deal with. So I turned around with a forced smile on my face. Standing in front of me was Jason Manford. I'd missed him on Monday and Wednesday, but tonight... We turned up at the same theatre at the same time by total happenstance. happenstance. I mean, what are the chances of that? Given his earlier tweet as well, it seemed especially spooky. If he was stalking me, he'd done an amazing job because I hadn't even known I was going to be there an hour before. But maybe I was stalking him. I don't know. But, uh, his partner laughed and said, You're both wearing the same T-shirts. 
We've both done the exact same thing, woken up, been filled with glee about our new free T-shirt and put it on straight away because we thought we were winners. Being forced to confront someone else who'd acted in the same pathetic and jubilant manner just proved we were losers. It's embarrassing enough we turn, to turn up somewhere and a person's wearing the same thing as you, but this kind of takes it to a new level, doesn't it? You, it? you could not have constructed a more deflating takedown of the comedian's life. We took a photo of ourselves for posterity and then to spare each other further humiliation, we went our separate ways without really talking to each other. Uh, unbelievably, uh, that's, uh, that takes the script to almost 20 pages. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> and I really need a poo. Uh, and then to vomit on that poo and then do another poo on top of the poo and vomit. And so on in a terrible, inescapable nightmare. So I'd just like to say thanks for listening. Please check out that secret channel. Most Kickstarter people will get that as one of their rewards anyway. Come down and see us live if you can. Not a bad effort in the circumstances. Let's see if I shit myself in the video version. Uh, goodbye. You have been listening to the Us Because Me Audio Extra podcast with the Darren Dan Tetzel, Christian Riley, and me, TV Zemmer Kennedy, by Ben Walker, is a Sky Potato and Fuzz Production. Hey, this is Donald Trump, the next president of the United States. Unless crooked coke up Hillary manages to steal the election from me by getting more people to vote for her. I'm not sure when the American election is. I thought it was November 28th. But crooked Hillary is trying to get people out earlier than that, so she can steal it using democracy. It's her husband who's a sex pest. I pointed that out first, and then they came back accusing me of the same thing. <laughs> but it's who says it first that counts. We all know that. The next recording of A.I. Adama. Yeah, shout it out. Get them out. Get them out of there. Get all these African-Americans out of there. Yeah, don't wanna, we don't want to. It will be on the... Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, the old days, wink, wink. <laughs> so the next one's going to be on November the 13th or the 29th. Come on the 13th. Why not come along? Go to Lister Square Theatre, LeicesterSquareTheatre.com. I forgot I was American. For tickets, and I'll be there. Sexy female children are very welcome. But this is sexy ones. I only, I only, I only molest attractive females. Only the best. Only the best for the Donald. That's the Donald Trump guarantee. Only the sexy children with the pussy grabbings.